Campfire Classics is a classic literature podcast. However, your hosts will occasionally use not-so-classy language and immature humor to describe very mature situations. As such, listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Ken got his wisdom teeth out, so now he's not smart anymore. Do. man would take some strong offense to that, but okay. I'm going to brush it off like nothing. I've had my wisdom teeth out for like 20 years, and I'm smartest. <laughs> I do not know where to go with this. Uh, does that mean I get to look forward to someday being as, I suppose it would be wise, not smart. There is a world of difference between wisdom and intelligence. Yes, that is fucking true. <laughs> that is so true. As anyone who has ever played Dungeons and Dragons can tell you. <laughs> Intelligent characters know a lot, but do a lot of really dumb shit well, if their wisdom is low. It's like book smart versus street smart. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Uh, but yeah, you got your wisdom teeth out. Good job, baby. I'm Thanks. so proud of Thanks. My you. face hurts. Yeah, I know. But he's doing so good. Uh, my favorite was when you realized you didn't remember like about four hours of your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole from about... Um, what I'd say about nine thirty, nine forty or so on Saturday morning until uh, early that afternoon, one thirty, two o'clock, something like that. Just gone, just yeah. gone, My like completely gone. Is we had to get you a, we had to get Ken a prescription, so I dropped off the prescription while he just sat in the car, um, and then I drove him home. He got made him made up a little bed on the couch for him. I got home from walking back to the pharmacy to get the prescription and come back, and he was zonked out with the phone still in his hand. Like, and I was like, oh, precious baby, you sleep. Like, you were texting me, like, my head feels great. I feel I'm great. Let's watch Good Omens again. Like, we were going to rewatch season one before binging into season two. And I'm so glad we didn't start it because you would yep. have no recollection of what Unconscious. we watched. Unconscious. Yeah. So. He's he's kicking butt and uh, on on the mend. So and we've also watched all of Good Omens season two, and holy shit, I'm ready for season three. Yeah. Um, without any spoilers, um, that was a ride. Uh, we are we just finished the Christmas episode of Doctor Who uh, with Peter Capaldi. Yeah, um, one of one of his Christmas one episodes. One of his Christmas episodes. Again, I guess I don't want spo- to give spoilers, uh, even though it's been a while <laughs> if you haven't watched it at this point i guess mm. you know but i still won't give spoilers and then we are almost caught up on house of the dragon so we've been slaying some freaking british television it's it's a lot of watching tv while i um drool is really what it's drooling. what it's about <laughs> um because that's about what i'm good for uh eating is hard yeah. Drinking was hard, uh, but I regained feeling in my bottom lip, and so I'm not spilling everything down the front of my shirt <laughs> anymore. Um, and that's nice. See, as someone who's had multiple surgeries on my mouth, like, I had my wisdom teeth out, I had a surgery on the roof of my mouth to, like... It's just line of <laughs> freaking out. line of freaking out. Uh, a surgery to, like, bring a tooth down to the main part of my mouth because it had grown in literally sideways 
Uh, I've had my vocal cords worked on and my tonsils out. So I've had so much stuff and a root canal done and then had to be redone because they fucked it up the first time. So I know that feeling very well of the numbness in the mouth. Yeah. And it's not fun. And you you did it like a champ, babe. Yeah. So anyway, that's been my week. He's a superstar. Superstar. Um, My week has been, holy shit, it's hot out. Yeah. But it finally is cooling down. But last week was hot. <laughs> and not like in the good way. Like <laughs> the only kind of hot that was that would have made that good is if I'd been at a beach under an umbrella. Or in the water. So, I hope everyone's staying cool. I hope everyone's lips are remaining uh, unnumbed. <laughs> or numbed, if, that, if that's the way you prefer it, you know. Or if you have to go get something done, you know. Sometimes they gotta numb you. Sometimes they gotta numb you. Uh, so, hey, what's up? Welcome to Campfire Classics. Uh, we read shit, and sometimes it's funny. Um is basically what we do here. Uh, before we get into what we actually do, though, I wanted to share this week's word of the week. Oh, that makes me sad because Paul Rubens died today and it was word of the day. Uh-huh. And is now we got word it? of the week. No, it's just super wonderfully coincidental. Aww. Well, rest in peace, Pee Wee. Yeah. Anyway. R.I.P. big guy. Yeah. Um, so this week's word of the week uh, and thank you, Pee Wee Herman. We dedicate this one to you. Is Wittershins. Wittershins? Yep. Wittershins. Any is, guesses? Is word of the week a new thing we're doing? Uh, it's a new thing we're doing today okay. anyway. We'll see if it catches on. Wittershins? Yeah. Uh, I would guess something uh, with smart legs. I don't know. <laughs> smart legs. I like that. Literally, it means to travel against the direction of the sun, but the way it is used, it means to go counterclockwise or to travel in a circle turning only left. Okay. It's considered an unlucky way to move because of the whole left-handed thing. Yeah, fuck all y'all. Um, walking, <laughs> walking around an object, keeping it on your left-hand side is like the... Um, the bad juju way to walk around it. Yep. Yep. Well, also in like Wiccan, if you're doing like spells or manifesting things, you stir clockwise for good intentions and you tend to stir cl- counterclockwise to reverse something yep. or to put something bad out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so the, the word comes to us from the like Scottish Gaelic Oh, well, language also uh zoolander would hate it because he can't turn left yeah 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 <laughs> he can't witter shin <laughs> zoolander has trouble with traveling witter shins <laughs> yeah so used in a sentence uh nascar is an unlucky witter shins sport do they only go because all the nascar they just drive around That's in a circle true. So Make it's left hand turns all day. Conjuring demons. Yep. N- NASCAR. Oh yeah, I'm gonna start spreading that rumor. <laughs> NASCAR is actually just a cauldron of like bad, bad juju. I mean, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So your challenge, should you choose to accept it, and it's your challenge whether you accept it or not, uh, is to use Wittershins in conversation sometime this week. Uh, go ahead and write in to 5050artsproduction at gmail.com or to Campfire Classics podcast on any of our social media and let us know how that goes. Do we know when this was most popular? Because I want to use it at the Betsy Ross house. (laughs) 
because I can absolutely find a time if it was appropriate at the time because Betsy was very well educated and uh, that I can absolutely throw at somebody and they're going to be like, huh? (laughs) The earliest recorded use of the word as cited by the Oxford English Dictionary is in 1513 in a translation of the Aeneid. Sweet. Well, then, Um, hell yeah. (laughs) I'm going to throw that in there at one point when I'm telling my star story or something. People are going to be like, what'd she say? (laughs) Yeah, apparently it's, uh, as it is used, it's Scottish, but it actually comes from Middle Low German. Okay. Um, Witter Sinen. Uh, to go against okay, or cool. to travel against. Well, Betsy is of Welsh heritage, yeah. so, you know, the UK, I, and again, very well, very well educated. So, you know, I'm going to throw that shit in there. She uses, like, old English speaky stuff, so it's like, <laughs> the, thou, and Wittershins. Wittershins, <laughs> yep. I love it. Let us know how it goes. I will. All right. Um, But... Word of the day, word of the week is not what we typically do here at Campfire Classics. Uh, This is a comedy literature podcast where we cold read short stories that we've pulled from the public domain and we try to read them entertainingly for you, our campers. With a lot of that going on. Um, this week I have chosen a story for Heather to read, but before we get to it, I'm going to share some fun facts. Fun facts! Uh, this week we've got a fairly short fun fact section because A, there's not a ton of info on our new author this week, Ooh. and two, I don't want to talk much because I'm missing four of my teeth. Yeah. So... This week's story comes to us from a book called The Golden Maiden and Other Folk Tales and Fairy Stories Told in Armenia. Okay. This book is a collection of Armenian tales collected and written down by a guy named A.G. or possibly K since English and Armenian use different alphabets. So it's either A.G. or A.K. Sikulmian if I pronounced that correctly, which it's possible I didn't because Armenian has very little to do with English. To our Armenian listeners, feel free to write in and uh, tell us what it actually sounds like. A.G. Sikulmian. Sikulmian. So. Wittershins. A.G. was born in Armenia in a village called Britius, which is near uh, Syria. Okay. He grew up hearing all of the local stories and legends. The village tradition was to gather together during the longest and hardest winter nights and take turns reciting the old stories. Okay. So like during winter solstice week. Yeah. Like get together. Very much the ghost stories around Christmas that that we've talked about uh, coming from England. From England. Entertainment around the coldest time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, much like the brothers Grimm and Andrew Lang, we've read stories 
from both of them. Uh, Sicklemian found over the years that the stories he grew up hearing had slight variations, but were told with surprising consistency across his country. So he decided to write down what seemed to be the most definitive versions and collecting these folk tales ended up being uh, the bulk of his literary work. Although he also wrote a lot about the history of the Armenian people and the Armenian language in a um, nonfiction sort of academic way. Okay. He and his wife moved to America in 1895 or 96. And in 1898, his collection uh, that we'll be reading from today got its first English language printing. He became the first editor of an Armenian-American bilingual daily newspaper called Asberez. Uh, in 1908, he, so he, he was the first editor of this daily newspaper. To this day, it publishes five days a week, Tuesday through Saturday. All right. Yep. Sweet. Uh, and he died in 1920. Okay. And that's everything I know about him. Love it. Okay. Good for you. R-G or R-K or A-G. A-G, A-G or A-K. Sickle me in. Sickle me in. Yep. Uh, good for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this week you will be reading a story called Dragon Child Sunchild. Dragon Child Sunchild. Yep. All right, cool. Let's start this fire. Woo. Dragon Child and Sunchild by A.G. Seklimian. <laughs> That's my take on it. <laughs> right. Seklimian. Seklimian. <laughs> Little French sounding. Seklimian. Which is closer to French sounding than most of my French, so. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, he probably doesn't have a lot of French characters. Thank God. There was once a king who had no children and whose life was very desolate. Oh, I feel like I'm being judged. (laughs) This is like that attack on uh, uh, Chelsea Handler. It's It's, no, it's okay. You're not a king. (laughs) That's true. Though a little girl said today that I am definitely a princess. So fair enough. (laughs) But uh, in America, we elect our princesses. Do we? (laughs) Then I'm running, because fuck, that sounds cool. He asked for the advice of all the doctors and learned men of his realm to relieve him of his trouble, but it was of no avail. Hey, dude, if you want kids, talking to men is the wrong way to go. (laughs) I don't think he wants kids. I think he wants to not be sad. (laughs) That's what it seems like. Um, I'm going to guess he has options when it comes to lady friends or if he likes, prefers the male friend company, could get a lady friend to, you know, pop out a couple boobie babies for him. That all well and good. I'm just saying in the first sentence, we learned he had no children and that he's sad. And then he asked all the men, he asked all the men what to do about it. In order to forget his dejected condition, he gave his time to hunting. One day, as he was, oh, is he good, the king of Westeros. So, yeah, it's like when he's the king of Westeros, or it's like, oh, I'm sad, so I'm gonna shoot things. Or is he Dick Cheney? I was gonna say, is he like, oh God, 
Hope he didn't bring his friends with him. <laughs> Topical. Topical 20 years ago. <laughs> but also still fucking blows my mind. One day, as he was walking in the forest, he saw a snake coiled in the sun, surrounded by its little ones. For a long time, he gazed wistfully at this family circle, and recognizing that his condition was inferior to that of the reptile parent, he sighed deeply and complained against heaven, saying, Oh, heaven, have I not so much value before you as this reptile that you torment me by denying to me offspring and happiness? Oh, that sounds like the most... <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. It's like, how about yeah, you dude, go again, find a lady friend? Heaven. Wrong place yeah. to focus your energy, my dude. Also, I love that we just watched Good Omens, too, and the snake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, well, we're also dealing with dragons, so. Oh, is he going to have dragon babies? Ooh, Dude, don't have sex with the snake. Oh, no. Just don't. That cannot be consensual. And also, it looks like Snake already has her, her, yeah. her, her love babies. He never forgot the sight of this snake family. One day, a child came to the palace, but it was a monster. Half man and half dragon. Um, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Dragonkin. Dragonborn. Dragon baby. It's a Targaryen. Now the grief of the king was heavier than before. They could not kill the monster because it was of royal birth. How does he know it's of royal birth? Is it... Is it his baby? It says one day a kid just showed up at the palace. Maybe in this world, children are born when storks show up. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to find out. Also, storks delivering dragons seems dangerous. <laughs> mm. Unless they just deliver the egg. All right, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. They could not kill the monster because it was of royal birth. They therefore cast the dragon child into a dry well where they fed him by giving him a skinful of goat's milk every day. Soon the dragon child grew and required meat for his diet. Then they cast to him every week a tender girl. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, Wait. You jump from goat's milk? To a to girl? A girl? To a baby girl? Feed it a fucking goat. Yeah, I was like, okay, goat's milk to, like, a goat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm in, I'm on that uh, TikTok that I love, like, the, what the creepy, fuck? creepy, cringy lyric series. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, so then they cast him every week a tender girl, and when he grew older, they gave him a maiden to devour. I can't have a baby, which makes me sad, so I'm going to feed all the women of my kingdom to this demon baby instead of, you know, trying to see if one of them wants to have some babies. <laughs> oh, life choices. Every house of the land furnished a maiden for the dragon child. It came the turn of a poor man who, being a widower, had a daughter from his former wife and had married a widow who had a daughter of her own. The husband said that they must cast the wife's daughter to the dragon child, but his wife insisted they must cast the husband's daughter. 
The woman's will was followed, and so the stepmother prepared her stepdaughter to be cast to the dragon's child on the following day. The maiden was very beautiful and graceful. She wept all night and prayed God to pity her. At midnight, she heard someone speak to her in her dreams, saying, Maiden, do not fear being cast to the dragon child. Tell your father to send with you three skinfuls of milk of a black goat, and do you provide a knife for yourself. Let your father wrap... <laughs> Don't eat my daughter, I'll be real sad. I'm her motherfucking dad. If you eat my daughter now, I'm gonna throw wiki woo. Wait a second. Now, if you eat my daughter, I'm going to throw you a cow? He'd probably eat the cow, too. <laughs> Maybe he's going to try and throw the cow in before he eats the daughter. If they, like, throw the daughter in, he'll also throw the cow in. So the cow distracts from the daughter. And Maybe if escape. you spare my daughter. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's better. I'll feed you a cow. There you go. All right. So he's rapping to the dragon. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Clearly, that was my intent. <laughs> Because I'm really, really good at freestyling. Lin-Manuel, if you're listening, we're still ready to collaborate anytime you want. All right. Uh, okay, so this is all making a whole lot of sense. All right. Uh, let your father wrap you in a bull's skin and lower you. Oh, <laughs> that seems like that's going to make her more appealing. Wrap you in a bull's skin and lower you. And the Well, it's funny. I said cow because bull's skin. Wrap you in a bull's skin and lower you and the milk by a rope into the well. When the dragon child bids you come out from the bull's skin in order that he may devour you, tell him to come out from the dragon's skin that you may bathe him with milk. When he comes out, do you also cut the bull's skin with your knife and come out of the skin and bathe him? What the fuck? Uh, this is... <laughs> this is kinky as shit. <laughs> convoluted craziness. I'm confused. This is some red woman bullshit. Yeah. Um, also, we don't know who's talking. That ain't God. Nope, this is just a voice in that's the dark. That's just a voice in the dark. That's... that. Nope. That's not it. On the following morning, the maiden told her dream to her father, who got the required things ready, at the same time praying heaven that what the maiden had dreamed might come true. There's a lot of praying going on here, not a lot of, act, a lot of doing, <laughs> except listening to random voices and doing what they tell yeah, you to. Yeah, if the king would just go out and have sex, everything would be fine. Yeah, has anyone, have any of these doctors suggested, you know, like, getting, getting his... For all of these maidens that you're sacrificing to the dragon child, I bet one of them would just sleep That's with you. That's what I said. I was like, this is the most white man bullshit I've ever heard in my life. It's Strictly like, speaking, I don't think Armenians identify as white. But it's very white man energy. Like, I'm just throwing okay, that into the universe. It's very man energy that he's like, I'm sad, so I'm going to feed all the women of my kingdom to this dragon child instead of, you know, try and, like, win one over <laughs> so I'm not sad. Whatever. Also, if you're not happy by yourself, you ain't going to be happy with someone else. <laughs> so, king. Kingdom come. If you're unhappy and you know it, feed a child to a dragon. If you're <laughs> unhappy and you know it, feed a child to a dragon. If you're unhappy and you know it, 
have a party. Yeah, man, throw it. If you're unhappy and you know it, beat a child to a dragon. <laughs> All right, we digress. Um, what the fuck's about to happen? Okay. Uh, Let's find out. Okay, so... Something about a bull's foreskin. Uh, you know what? <laughs> that would not surprise me at this point. Um, okay, on the following one... Da, 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 da. The maiden being lowered into the well... Oh, okay, so we've jumped now. Okay, so he's hoping everything will come true like she dreamed. Yep. The maiden being lowered into the well, the dragon child bade her come out of the bull's skin, to which the maiden answered as she was advised. Thereupon, in its fury, the dragon's skin burst, and lo, there issued from it a handsome lad. Okay, so he was just wearing like a dragon blank. He was wearing like a a dragon snuggie. He was cosplaying as a fucking dragon. <laughs> he's got a dragon snuggie on. It's like he's like it's like the beast in Beauty and the Beast. He like sheds the beast and it's like, hello, I am a prince. He was just I mean, he was basically just wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pajamas. Yes. <laughs> All right. So are they gonna fall in love? Oh no. Oh no. Uh, so, lo, there came a handsome man. The maiden's, the maiden cut the bull's skin with her knife in a hurry to emerge, but in her haste, she fell down, and one of her front teeth was broken. <laughs> oh, no, now she looks like, like a hillbilly. <laughs> she bathed the lad with goat's milk, and he became a sound, gallant youth who was, who at once expressed his gratitude to her for releasing him from his horrible bondage. Oh. Didn't, well, I didn't know it was that kind of story. Didn't enjoy the bondage. All right. Cool. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's good to know yeah, where your lines he, are. His, his safe word is goat's milk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just then, the maiden's father came to the mouth of the well to see whether her dream was true or false and perceiving them, ran to inform the king, who hastened to the spot, accompanied by the queen and his peers. Wait, he has a queen? <laughs> well, shit. He ain't doing something right. They drew the dragon child and his deliverer from the well with great joy and ceremony. They celebrated a wedding festival for 40 days and nights, and the youth and the maiden loved one another and were married. Wow, a fuck ton just happened in that paragraph. That was a busy paragraph. That was like the last season of Game of Thrones. Like it was just like... And now it's a month and a half later. Everything's good. It came to pass after a time that on account of war, the dragon child had to go away from home. When, why do they still call him the dragon child when now he's just a hottie McCotterson? <laughs> Dragons can be hot. But he doesn't look like a dragon anymore. Maybe he still has the, like, like slanty eyes. Slanty, the, the, oh, like, like, the, like the David Tennant the eyes. The lizard eyes, yeah. Okay, okay. Ooh, hot, okay. <laughs> Sexy. When he was about, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just started thinking about David Tennant and I lost track of some time and space. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> Look what you've done. <laughs> he is the most gawky, awkward motherfucker, but there's something about him, man. <laughs> the last decade has been a really good year for a, a really good decade, decade for objectively unattractive Englishmen. 
Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Matt, Smith, Matt Smith, who's slaying on House of the Dragon. Yep. Like, you're just like, ooh, damn. <laughs> like, what's happening? I'd, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'd go there. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, where were we? Uh, Dragon Boys and, okay. When he was about departing, he asked his mother not to send his bride away, not even to her father's, lest some misfortune should befall her. The queen promised. But a thousand devils had entered the heart of the bride's stepmother, who was jealous of her good luck. She came and invited the bride to their house, saying that both she and her husband were longing to see her. This is where the wicked stepmother trope started, right here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, stepmothers it's not. have been yeah. wicked for ages. But here's another one. When this was refused, she sent her husband, who urgently entreated the queen to send his daughter to his house at least for one day. The queen thought there could be no harm in this. God damn it. <laughs> People, just listen and do what you say you're going to do. The queen thought there could be no harm in this, so she let the bride go. The stepmother took her daughter and the bride for a walk on the seashore. When they came there, she said to them, Daughters, let us bathe. What the f- <laughs> That got weird quickly. <laughs> like, let, like, let's not go for a swim, but let's bathe. <laughs> I, 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 I think bathe. I know it just sounds dirty. <laughs> like, like let's like when you like if I went up to like a rant, like my friend and was like, let's bathe. <laughs> like they'd be like, what? That would be weird. Let's swim. <laughs> like let's let's get in the ocean. Let's. I think let's... if your friend was your daughter and you were at the ocean and you said let's bathe everyone would get from context what you meant it's just a little awkward especially because i know she's up to no good well so yeah in the, so in my mind she says it like this daughters, daughters let's bathe <laughs> like it sounds just wrong if it's not kinky it's just like not nice it's evil so, of course, they entered the sea to bathe. The wicked woman, pretending to help the bride, took her toward the deep sea, where she gave her a violent push, and she was caught by the waves and was drawn by the current out to the open sea. They should have learned to swim. When she was sure that the bride had been drowned, she hastened to the shore with her own daughter, and putting the bride's dress on the ladder, sent her to the king's palace as the true bride. Wait, are they twins? <laughs> I... They're not even related. Like, she's the daughter from the first fools, husband. If this fools anyone, this is some, like, terrible Shakespeare yeah. disguise bullshit. Yeah, this is like, okay, let us turn the fortunes to the maiden in the sea. Yeah, I'm guessing she did not drown. <laughs> For a long time, she struggled against the violent waves and was saved from being drowned by catching hold of an empty cask which happened to float near her. The wind blew from the shore, and the current carried the cask and the maiden away to the open sea. For three days and nights she floated with the cask, and then she was cast upon an uninhabited shore. She walked for a time on the coast, but saw no sign of a human being. She was hungry, naked, and very tired. Other than the naked thing, I just, like... I, no, that's not what I was going to say. 
other than the hungry thing that sounds kind of like on like a desert island like if i had some food i'd just be like take a nap naked in the sand i mean you've been watching enough naked and afraid yeah, you know what to do this, i mean this basically is naked and this is naked and it's the origins of naked and afraid right here here it is she was hungry naked and very tired the first thing she did was to gather rushes and moss and weave herself something like an apron to hide her nakedness. Okay, so it is naked and afraid. Also, what is she hiding her nakedness from? Yeah, if there's nobody nearby, weave yourself a fucking tent. Weave yourself a tent or a bed or some shoes, but like, come on. Then she gathered wild berries. I would have done that in the opposite order. <laughs> then she gathered wild berries and ate and quenched her thirst from a brook nearby. Dude, she's kicking ass. Yeah, she doesn't know about parasites in the water yet. <laughs> or poison berries. Just well, don't eat the red ones. Yeah. While she was lingering on the banks of the brook, she noticed a small hut hidden among the bulrushes and weeds. Proceeding thither, she looked in, and lo, a lad was sleeping in the hut. She sat down near the door of the hut. Soon after sunset, the lad awoke, and as he was coming out of the hut, he noticed the maiden. Thinking that she was a fairy or a demon, which is my immediate assumption when I see a random girl hanging out. <laughs> it's a fairy or a demon. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking she was a fairy or a demon, he made upon his face the sign of a cross, at the same time stepping backward. But to his surprise, seeing that she did not vanish, he said to her, Are you a fairy or a demon or a human being? Disclose yourself. And the maiden told him her story. I like that he just got right to it. It wasn't like, what are you? He just like made it very clear. You must be a fairy, a demon, or maybe even a human being. That's just um, old timey folktale for, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> My own story is as strange as yours, then said the lad. I was the only son of a rich man and had plenty to spend and enjoy. I led a dissipated life and went hunting every day. Once it happened that I did not shoot any game for three days in succession. I was enraged to the verge of madness and wandered all night. At daybreak, my madness reached its climax, and I resolved to shoot the sun and drop him dead from his orb that darkness might cover the world. Yeah, this sounds like a guy that should have a gun. <laughs> I didn't get to kill anything for a long weekend, so now I'm going to kill everything. What? Oh, everyone in the story is making stupid choices. <laughs> At once, okay, the darkness would cover the world. Drop him dead from his orb and darkness might cover the world, since I could take no game and have no pleasure. Again, just fuck somebody. <laughs> everyone in the story needs to have more sex. That's just the, that's just the truth. At once, I grasped my bow and arrow, took aim at the sun, who had just lifted... Oh, okay, he doesn't have a gun. That's good. <laughs> at once, I grasped my bow and arrow, took aim at the sun, who had just lifted his shining face from behind the hills, and had hardly loosened the bowstring when I felt a blazing palm slap me in the face. A hand of fire took hold of my hair and cast me into the wilderness. And I heard an angry voice thundering at me from the overhanging clouds, declaring that I was cursed and should never see the light of the sun any more. I thus remain abandoned here and sleep in the hut all the day while the sun shines and go out only at night to procure food. 
If I go out of this hut after daybreak, I am doomed to die a horrible death. Well, yeah, you tried to kill the sun. Also, I think you might be a vampire, too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> also, you tried to kill the sun. Not, not cool, dude. As fate had so strangely cast these two youthful beings into the same lonely place, they decided to live together, accepting one another as... <laughs> Accepting one another as husband and wife. Wow. So they did just get the message of, like, let's fuck. Like, you know, <laughs> they're like, well, we're stuck here. She's like, I'm already married, but whatever. <laughs> it's, it's cool. Hey, if you can't be with the one you love, love, love the, the one, one you're, you're with. stuck on a deserted island with who tried to kill the sun. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thus, she who had been the consort to the dragon child was now the companion of the sun child. She gets around this girl. <laughs> the woman worked in the daytime and the man at night, and so they earned their living. But soon, married life brought a change upon the woman who needed the help of others, and they decided that she must go to the parents of the sun child. I think she's pregnant. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Sure does. The lad wrote the following letter to his parents. I hear what I love that he can send mail from this deserted island, but he can't just fucking leave. Yeah. Also, where like how are they earning a living? Yeah. They don't have to. What are they making money doing? I, maybe they, they're not making money. They're just like getting by. Like they have come. Like they have. She makes blankets and he gets food, and so they. I don't know. Fuck. Who knows? They so their whole house is just a giant pillow fort. Yes, and they started like a like an organic farm or some shit. You know. I herewith send you your daughter-in-law. Oh, by the way, mom and dad, I got married. I got married. She's pregnant. D take care of her. Um, you can send wedding presents back to this address. <laughs> to this hut on a deserted island. I herewith send you your daughter-in-law. Keep her and take her. I herewith send you your daughter-in-law. Keep her and take care of her as my wife. But do not seek me. I cannot see the sun. This is the original goth right here. <laughs> I cannot come home. Neither can I enter the city. If I do come, I shall surely die. I am cursed. Oh, so he can't have sex. <laughs> he can't come home. Uh, also, like, I love that this is the first time he's telling his parents he's definitely cursed definitely can't come home. Yeah, I wonder how long he's been there. Right? They're like, dude, we thought you were dead a long time ago, and now you're sending us a pregnant girl? What the fuck's going on? Walking during the nights and hiding himself in caves in daytime, the lad brought his wife to the vicinity of his parents' house and himself went back to his lonely hut. So this island is very big. Okay. The woman gave the letter to her father-in-law, who she never met, and was accepted. Convenient. The lad's father and mother, hearing that their son was alive, said they would go and bring him, but the bride dissuaded them, saying that they would be the means of his death. In the fullness of time, the family was cheered by the birth of a son, which the young mother put in a cradle and rocked, singing to it melodious lullabies from the incidents of her own life. Don't haunt the baby like that. Fuck. She's like, I was thrown in a pit with a dragon, but then the dragon was hot, but then he left me, and then my stepmother drowned me, and then I landed on an island, and 
met your father who's cursed by the sun. And now I can't see him either. And I love you so much. Sleep well. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Talk about some nightmare nightmare fuel right yeah. there. <laughs> go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, little accident. <laughs> I did not oh, no. want to marry oh, no. your father in the first place. One night, as the young mother was putting her baby to sleep, another voice was heard out in the darkness singing a melodious lullaby. Oh, good, more voices. The bride recognized the voice to be that of the sun child, who had come from such a great distance, being drawn by the love of the baby, but not her. But he could not enter. This was repeated several times until the bride's father and mother-in-law heard that somebody was in the habit of coming at night. <laughs> the night time is the right time. The night time is the right time. Somebody was coming at night and singing lullabies by turns with their daughter-in-law. Suspicion entered into their minds. They're going to kill their own son. Suspicion entered into their minds that the bride might have a lover who was making nightly calls on her. The young woman, seeing that they were watching her with mistrust, said, It is your son who comes and sings lullabies. The love which he bears to the baby draws him, but he cannot enter. The moment you compel him to come in, he dies. Nay, you are lying, exclaimed the father and mother-in-law with rage. There must be some foul play here. We will keep watch and catch the nightly visitor if he proves to be our son, well and good, if not... Woe be unto you! That night they kept watch, and when the voice from outside was heard, they ran and took hold of the man, and lo! It was their son, who begged them, saying, For heaven's sake, let me go! If by the time the sun rises I am not hid in my hut, I die! Spare my life! I am cursed! This sounded to his father and mother like deceit, and they kept him at home until daybreak. <laughs> As soon as the first rays of the sun beamed from the east, lo, the lad sank into the arms of his father and mother and died. This story is absolutely fucking bananas. This is the craziest thing we've ever read. I'm like wondering what, what, I'm, I'm waiting for the moral. Because <laughs> because it's a like fairy tale. I feel like there's got to be one. Maybe, but like Cinderella didn't really have a moral so much as it was just like, hey, don't trust your stepmother. <laughs> or any parents, apparently, because they suck too. He died, but strange to say, his spirit did not depart from him entirely. Oh, good, we have ghosts now. They said he would revive at sunset, but not so. At night, also, he was in the same benumbed state. Yeah, he died. He's not Jesus. <laughs> He's not just coming back to life. <laughs> the house was changed into a house of sorrow, but worse than that befell. He was not dead so they could bury him, and he was not so alive that they might talk with him or administer a remedy. So he's just like in a coma. The parents took stones and beat their own heads. <laughs> they pulled out their hair and sat in ashes and sackcloth. They lamented and wailed, but it was all of no avail. One night, the afflicted mother dreamed a dream in which this 
revelation was made to her. Oh, good, more voices. Get up, put on iron sandals, take in your hand an iron rod and travel toward the west until your sandals are worn and your rod is broken. <laughs> Whatever holes are open in your sandals and your rod is broken, there you will find a remedy for your son. Oh, man. So in a dream, this kid's parents were told to cure your son. All you need is your worn out holes and your broken rod. <laughs> Ew, gross. There is no limit to a mother's love and pity. As soon as she awoke in the morning, she ordered the blacksmith to make her a pair of iron sandals and an iron rod, and she set out toward the west, walking day and night. She traveled through the countries of white... However, not walking Wittershins. No, no. Just west. She traveled through the countries of all men, and she passed through the lands of fairies, giants, and Jenny? What's a Jenny? Genie. Genie? Are there countries of genies? I'd stop and make some wishes. Like there are countries of giants? Well... That's more known lore of, like, groups of people. Genies tend to be solitary individuals. So it is either uh, genii, the plural okay. of genie. Okay. Um, or it is genii, the plural of genius. <laughs> so she either traveled through a land of a bunch of geniuses or a bunch of genies? Yep. Can they be genius genies? Uh, probably. <laughs> cool. <laughs> We're going to go genii squared. Uh, so she passed through the land of fairies, giants, and genii squared. She went farther than beasts and birds would dare to go. She had gone to the very limits of the earth. There she saw at a distance a palace built of blue marble, whither she proceeded. Before the palace door, the iron rod fell from her hand and was broken. She got out her sandals to shake off the dust, and lo... They were worn, and there was a hole in each. She said to herself, It is here that I shall find a remedy for my son. She entered and passed through twelve courtyards in succession. Each courtyard was surrounded by four arches, where thousands of myriads of stars were sleeping. Holy shit, where did she walk? <laughs> oh, honey, you're dead. Oh, you died, <laughs> You're, you're, you're definitely not on Earth anymore. This is either the afterlife or some real fucked up fever dream. Yeah, it's also she's possible like you're tripping balls. She's like she ate some weird berries. <laughs> Maybe the whole thing is tripping balls. It's gonna, that's going to be the, the moral. It's going to be like an Alice in Wonderland shit show here. At the center of every courtyard, there was a marble pond with a stream of crystal water gushing from an orifice. <laughs> I love when there's water gushing from an orifice. There were no trees, no grass, no birds, no beasts, and no other creature. A deep silence was reigning everywhere. Upon the pond in the middle courtyard, there were four golden arches upon... Yeah, golden arches? You fucked! Upon which there was a golden room of great splendor with a pearl bed in the center. Holy shit, the cure to death is a McFlurry. <laughs> a McFlurry? The golden arches. Oh, <laughs> 
Near the window there was, sitting upon a golden throne, a queen so fair and beautiful that no human being can describe her loveliness. From head to foot she was covered with diamonds and her face beamed with rays of light. At sight of this grandeur, the poor woman was greatly amazed. She turned pale and began to shiver like an autumn leaf before a cold blast from the north. She fell upon her knees, lifting her hands, was about to speak when suddenly the queen interrupted her, saying, Human being, heaven has never permitted a member of the human race to enter this palace before. So we were right. She's in heaven. As you are the first mortal who has been allowed to come so far, you must have some valid reason. From your appearance, I judge that you are a mother and have some maternal grief. Tell it to me. Be not afraid. These words of the queen encouraged the woman who said, Long live the queen. Yes, I am a mother and I have traveled so far to ask the life of my only son. And she told her the story to which the queen made answer. Your son was an evil boy. I am a mother myself. I mean, she's not right. The kid tried to kill the son. The son is my son. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Whoops. Uh-oh. And that's, that's some fun. The son is my son. <laughs> the son is my son by whose living rays heaven and earth are illuminated. Your son was so wicked that he wanted to shoot my son, the giver of life to the universe. All kinds of sins may be pardonable to a man, but a sin against the sole source of life is not pardonable. Your son was therefore doomed to be deprived of life. He is cursed. He will live, but not live. He will die, but not die. That's some fucked up shit. I am a mother, repeated the woman. Come to beg the life of my own son. I have come so far that my iron sandals are worn out and my iron rod is broken. I would willingly still go further if it was necessary for the love you bear your son. Oh, queen of this luminous orb, devise a remedy for my grief. These words served to arouse the compassion of the queen. <laughs> who replied there are very many unworthy children who enjoy life simply because of their virtuous mothers let it be so with your son O oh, virtuous woman who bears such great maternal love in her heart now go hide yourself behind yonder stars the day is growing toward evening and my son will soon be here if you do not hide yourself you will be burned. The first thing he does after reaching this place is to dive into this pond. Then he comes to be nursed from my breast. Okay. <laughs> Just then, take a bottle full of the water of the pond where he has been washing and carry it home. As soon as you sprinkle that water upon your son, he will be healed. Your son, not your son. Soon the sun, capital, came embodied in flames. 
The stars waked and stood on their feet for a time to salute their mighty king that they scattered over the surface of the blue dome to twinkle in their respective orbs because it was night. This story has taken a fucking turn. The sun... <laughs> it's taken about 20. It's so confused. There is so much happening. I mean, I'm following it. It's just like we got, we've, got, we've been through a lot of uh, tragedy to get to this point. Uh... <laughs> The sun dove into the pond, and the queen, stretching out her hand, took him out of the water. She placed him in the bed of pearl and began to nurse him, for the sun, who never wears out, never grows old, is a baby from everlasting to everlasting. The woman came out from her concealment, taking a bottle of water from the pond, quickly retracting her steps, quickly retracing her steps quickly retraced her steps. She arrived safely at her home and sprinkled the water upon her son, who was healed. Ta-da! Again, that happened fast. The report of this most wonderful journey of the woman was published all over the world, and princes and philosophers came from distant countries and from ends of the earth to see the woman and the sun child and to hear of all these wonderful things. Uh-oh. That means dragon child. Dragon baby gonna find out his his baby mama to be is now baby mama for someone else. <laughs> yeah, but it also means that she's still alive. Who's he still alive? Well, he thinks his wife is, is dead. dead. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Among those who came from distant lands, there we go, was the dragon child. He had returned safe from the wars and was surprised to find his bride changed. <laughs> yeah, because they're oh, that's not right. related. Because, like, stepmama sent yep. her daughter off to pretend to be the... Yeah, so... It's like when you recast an actor mid-season. Like Good Omens, too. Beelzebub, they recast, and, like, all through the season, they're like, um, what happened to your face? <laughs> it's like, got a new one. Fuck. Or, like... Uh, House of the Dragon or Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, it happens. Or, uh, or uh, uh, was it Aunt Viv in uh, um, Fresh, Fresh, Fresh Prince? Prince? It also happened. Um, oh my God, who was the other one? There was a really, really famous one that was just like, okay, we're not going to comment on that. Oh, oh they recast uh, Rhodey in the Iron Man movies. Oh, that too. Oh, also uh, in Back to the Future. The girlfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Recast her in between movies. Like, yeah, it happens all the time. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, the surprise. Um, changed. So he found his bride changed, although the two stepsisters very much resembled one another. I like that we just got that information, even though they're not related. But as the dragon child had put a golden tooth in the place of the front tooth of his bride, which was broken. Oh, Oh, we did not have that information. Nope. Well, shit. I knew that the broken tooth was going to come around. Come around, which was broken in the well. He was able to detect the substitution. You know, it wasn't that she just was an my, entirely different my human. My keen senses of observation <laughs> she allow me to point tooth. out that my wife has been swapped out with, like, her non-related sister. Some other woman who looks vaguely similar. <laughs> These people are not smart. So I don't think it was a land of geniuses or 
No, the only all of the geniuses live in the in world that live in that land, and everyone else is just stupid. All right. Hopefully, uh, as she walked through, she dragged some of the geniuses out with her so that there can be some. I hope intermarriage. Upon a strict examination of his mother, he discovered that the bride had been sent to her stepmother's, where, as he supposed, she had been gotten rid of and was replaced by her stepsister. All his efforts to find his lost bride being in vain, the dragon child had come to see the sun child and his mother with the expectation of finding some means of the discovery of his wife. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> He became a guest in the sun child's house and told his story while they were eating supper. The bride, who was serving at the table, smiled and showed... But she didn't recognize him? Smiled and showed her golden tooth. This caused her to be discovered, and the sun child told how she had come and found him. Now, as they had partaken of bread together, they became friends and agreed to solve the difficulty in a friendly manner. They decided to We're roast- both married to the same woman. We can be chill about this, right? Yeah, let's let's just like figure it out. They decided to roast salt meat and make the bride eat it without letting her drink. What the fuck? <laughs> Each was to take a pitcher of water and they all were going riding in the fields. He whom she should ask for a drink must be her husband. So they're going to dry her out, take her hunting, and then whichever guy she decides to ask for some water is the one that she really wants to be with. This is when I love, I'm going to hear she's like, uh, I'm a lesbian. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go be with the son's mother up in heaven. This is, I'm good. So they did and took a ride in the fields, the wife accompanying them with her child in her arms. She was thirsty, but not wishing to offend any one of them, she kept silent for a time. Finally, she saw that she would faint and must put an end to the perplexed state. Sun child, sun child, she exclaimed. The sun child dismounted and prepared to give her a drink. Thereupon, she exclaimed, dragon child, dragon child. He also dismounted and prepared to give her a drink. Turning to the sun child, she said, here, Take this child whose father you are, but I am the wedded wife of the dragon child. And she drank from the dragon child's pitcher and went home with him. Thus their trouble ended and they attained their wishes. May all who are afflicted find consolation. Three apples fell from heaven, one for me, one for the storyteller, and one for him who entertained the company. The end? What the fuck? That. What the was fuck? Was bonkers. I think some things got lost in translation there. The thing is, that wasn't. I don't wasn't, think it did. <laughs> that wasn't translated. That was maybe how he, he wrote it maybe in he English. Didn't speak very good English. What the fuck? <laughs> she just left her baby in the sunshine. Like all that like horrible things. Jesus Christ. She's like, she's like, no, nah, I don't want to live in this hut with your parents anymore. You take this baby. I'm gonna go back and live with the in the palace. 
uh, piece. And here, have some apples. I don't know what that was. Um, That was a fever dream that I didn't sign up for. (laughs) I don't understand what just happened. Um... That was like every trope from a fairy tale without any like actual conclusion or uh, um, moral or. It did kind of feel like we were just going like, okay, what's another uh, trope? What's like, another fairy tale thing we can so slam we, in there? We brought up dragons. We got stepmothers. We got uh, genies. We got fairies. We got goblins or not goblins, fairies or demons. Uh, we got. A trip to heaven. We got the sun. We got sun gods and uh, kings and queens and fucking like, yeah step like stepmothers. I said, but like yeah, it was literally just like <laughs> people in disguise, uh, babies. <laughs> I don't know. That was wild. Um. Uh. <laughs> I was confused by that one. I was confused by that one intensely. Uh, listeners, what do you think about that? I th- like, I think I enjoyed it, and it it was, like, cool, it I guess. literally made me say what the fuck more than I think I've ever yeah. said on this podcast. <laughs> uh, and, uh... Fairy tales are weird, dude. I don't know what... And there were iron rods and glory holes and, like, singing songs and... Killing their coma son? I don't know what the fuck happened. Also, why was the king so fucking sad at the beginning? Well, and I like that we just sort of abandoned the whole king storyline. Like, it all started... I thought that was what it was going to be about. Like, he was going to find happiness. Maybe he'd find out that the dragon child was his son, and then that would make, make him happy. But no, we we just kept going... On a witter, witter, shin. I was pointing at my shin. <laughs> we just went on a witter shin fucking like roller coaster. That was that was a <laughs> that was strange like journey. Rolling down the clock, the counterclockwise spiral to what? And what the fuck is with the apples? Yeah, why are there apples at the end? Is that a biblical reference? If we eat those apples because we listen to the story, are we going to burn in hell? <laughs> Have we been cast out of the garden? What the fuck? We're already not in the garden. Will I suddenly know the difference between good and evil? Because I have been struggling with that. Well, everyone should be. I mean, that's the whole premise of Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> there is, like, the difference between good and evil? Is yeah. that well, the difference? Yeah. I guess it depends on what it is. Well, that's that's murdering the, someone is evil. Uh, well, no, but that's that's the whole thing is, is that the fruit gives you the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, I thought it just gave you like knowledge of evil because you already had good because the garden is good. But good only exists in opposition to evil. Otherwise, it's well, just think, what is. I think that was the whole point is that two humans were living in a perfect universe where there was no evil. But then the evil was placed, and by ingesting the apple, they experienced the other. And therefore, we're human. Because <laughs> I don't think, like, finches and, like, squirrels know the difference between good and evil. No, they don't, because they never <laughs> ate the fruit. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't make them good. No. It just, it just makes, makes them, them they exist. And that's what I'm saying, is that the fruit gave knowledge of good and evil, not yeah. just of evil. Okay, which is kind of the whole 
purpose of good omens as well. And, you know, most most stories that have ever been written. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with this story, though. Maybe they're no, poisoned apples? Are they going to kill us at the end? Where, where, yeah, what happened to the stepmother? She she handed out apples now? I don't like her. <laughs> Maybe they're the golden apple, like the one that started the Trojan War. Maybe it's like a apple that will grow like James and the Giant Peach and we can ride it around the world. Ooh. That sounds fun. Dragon Child and the Giant Apple. <laughs> Dragon Child, uh, the Giant Apple, and the Genie. Squared. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I don't know what that was. I've I had a long day of talking as Betsy, and now my brain is done. <laughs> All right, listeners. So you have two jobs. Uh, over the course of the next week, email us to uh, let us know how you used Wittershins. Mm-hmm. And in that same email, please, please let us know what in God's name that story was about. <laughs> please, I really want to hear your interpretation. Because it was like an like, interesting little adventure, but I have no idea what any of it meant. It's got to be some sort of parable or something. So go ahead and give me your sermon based on this passage. What was I supposed to take from it? Um, when you shoot us that email... Um, which you can send to either 5050artsproduction at gmail.com or send to any of the social media apps by looking for Campfire Classics Podcast. Uh, write all of that and include somewhere in the email this week's secret passcode, which is Genius Genies. Genius Genies! <laughs> um, all right. That's everything I got. Anything from you? That is absolutely everything. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for joining us this week, campers. And until next week, this has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. I feel like that story just removed my wisdom teeth because I feel dumber. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'm sorry, less wise for listening or reading it. I don't see, I don't even know words anymore. <laughs>